Hello, welcome in. This is Builder versus Buyer. It's literally the most action-packed, exciting, home-building-centric podcast on the whole internet. Um, okay, exaggeration there. I'm sorry, it's not true. Eh, well, you know what, it, it, it is action-packed. We'll go with that for now. Um, this is episode 40. I feel like a, I can start introducing myself as a real podcaster now. 40 seems like a big number, getting, getting some good amount of content out there. So that's exciting. One quick note, um, just an exciting thing for the month of December. There's a lot of exciting things coming this month of December. This is the first one. I was on the Business of Architecture podcast. Uh, it just released this week, um, so you should be able to find my episode in the recent episodes. Um, if you've heard of me before you've heard of that show, I, you're probably related to me, so um, this is just for my mom and, and sister, I guess. But um, yeah, it was it was fun. It's very exciting for me because it's, it's a podcast I've been listening to for years. I, I, I think it was essential in starting my firm and got a lot of great ideas from um, Enoch and guests he had on. So it was really, really fun to get to talk to him in person and actually be on his show. So um, exciting note there. Go check it out. Today, I wanted to dive into, I just did some sales training with a builder I work with. I was training one of their sales agents and thought, um, this whole contract thing is, is kind of big and there seems to be a lot of questions on it. And if, if sales agents are having questions, and I'm sure buyers are, um, so I wanted to, this is not meant to be an exhaustive list, but just a handful of things I've seen on contracts over the years, maybe help explain them a little better, just so you can know going into that buyer's agreement um, what what you're looking out for um, and what's normal and abnormal. Um, and then also, if you are a builder and you don't have anything, some of these things addressed, maybe it's it's good to look at your own contracts and and figure that out. Um, so I'll start with a big one. The, the top is change orders and change order fees. So just about all home building contracts will have some sort of section laying out how change order fees work. I said this in the very first episode, I'll say it again, but builders do not want to charge you change order fees. At least the ones I worked for, I'm sure there's some builders out there that's part of their business model. I have yet to meet them. Most Meetings we talk about, consultants that come in, we're talking about how to avoid change orders and capture the changes in the appropriate time frame to make decisions. So with every builder, no matter how production you get, you will have some window to make some sort of selections. Yeah, it's it's possible the selections are only one or two things as you get to like the super streamlined, super production homes. But for the most part, you will get a window to select things. And usually if you're Selecting it within that window, you won't be charged change order fees. Um, what we had those, the builders I worked for, what we had those change order fees up for was th- the changes outside of that. And, and there are a lot of hard costs associated with changing things outside of that change order window. Like it's possible we have ordered material, so we have to either pay a restocking fee or pay for the material itself. Um, there's more time, energy, and legwork, um, you know, bookkeeping. All that all that stuff in the office has to happen in order to make this change. And trust me, being as someone that worked in an office alongside people where I was managing a team and had to track where these change orders were, like there's a disproportionate amount of time spent changing an item the later in the game than there is 
making the selections in the appropriate time frame. So the the changeover fees are there for good reason. There's a disproportionate amount of time spent on those. So builders do not want to charge you change order fees, but they'll put this in their contract to to outline when you should get one. What what you should see in a change order fee section is is an outline like this. Okay, when when will we see a change order? When will we see change order fees? Because um, not all change orders will have a change order fee. Sometimes you're selecting something in the appropriate time frame. The builder has allowed you to select what size deck you want. Let's use that as an example. But um, the contract will say you had a 12 by 14 deck. Well, in this selection window, you're saying, okay, we actually want 16 by 16. That's fine, but the builder may track that with a change order just, just to process it as such and may not charge you a change order fee. But this section in the contract um, should outline both those change orders and change order fees. The next big one, this is probably the, I think maybe the scariest for a potential buyer is, is the site conditions. Um, so there are things that the builder may or may not know going into your site. So it, it would apply more if you are building on a bigger parcel of land, not in a subdivision out in the County somewhere out in the boonies. Um, and, it, it applies sometimes to subdivisions, but it's just more rare. Um, the site conditions. So there's one is the concealed con- conditions. Um, even if you take exhaustive, maybe not exhaustive, but if you, even if you take some soil borings, you can miss some um, soil features, we'll call them, or um, problems um, that lie within your building envelope that you may not know until you dig. Um, it's, it happens in the industry, but digging is usually when it's, it's found out that you have, um, a soils problem. The excavator will usually call and say, Hey, I've got down to where the footing depth should be. And what you're about to set your footing on is all organic material. It's all bad. It's just not going to work. Um, so that, that will be covered in your contract. It's usually the responsibility of you, the buyer, um, to remedy that, especially if it's an on your lot build, you're the one that went out and picked this site. The builder will then specify it will be on you to remedy this. Yes, there are remedies. I won't get into them now, but, um, yeah, it's usually on you, the buyer, a similar one is utility runs. Um, so let's say, you know, gas and electric are run to your site, but you want your home 300 feet from the road because it's a bigger, you know, acreage parcel. Um, odds are that length isn't included in the contract. If your builder's already done a site plan or survey, um, it may be, but um, it's it's something that's the stipulations of what they're going to include on that utility run or um, what you need to pay for, the payment terms, um, will be noted in the contract. Third thing, site access. Um, It's a big liability risk for builders to just let clients walk on the site at all times. So they will tell you, um, you just can't go on without a official representative from the builder there. Um, And yeah, I I don't know any builder that doesn't have something like this in place. Um, And I would say some are more stringent about when you can meet with them and actually access your site than others. But um, yeah, that should be, that should be addressed in your contract. Um, Number four, a good number of contracts I've seen have a client's default section. 
So this specifies that this is the um, the worst case scenario coverage for the builder. So what they're saying is if you, the client, refuse to pay, refuse to make a selection, um, are um, extremely difficult with with people to the point of um, just unreasonableness, they, they will say, okay, you have there's a, this section will cover you have defaulted from your contract and we will remedy it with X, Y, or Z. Sometimes it's get your money back. Sometimes it's, we take the home. Um, but there will be, there usually is a section in your contract discussing your default. Um, it's extremely rare. rare. I wouldn't worry about it. Um, but it's, it's there in the event that like something drastic does happen. Um, number five is the, the, um, construction loan or payment method. Um, so there's, there's a ton of questions on this. Some builders just to keep it easy will include construction loans in the base price of the home and never discuss them. They're just kind of hidden in there. Um, I I don't really think that's shady. I think, I think that's just uh, operating a business the way they choose to see fit. You don't know how your when the car you buy, how they finance to their, their factory, you know, it's just, it's just part of how, um, business work. So I think it's fine. Um, some builders though, will give clients the option or even make clients carry their own construction loan. So a construction loan, it's a little confusing, but, um, the, the cost accrued during the build, the builder doesn't have cash in his pocket, his or her pocket to pay all that out. Let's say you're building a million dollar house, you know, the labor materials anywhere from 700 to 800 grand like they, they just don't have that sitting around and if they do they're not spending it on um they're spending it on things to further their business not um sink it all into one home um so they will go to a bank and get a loan so this construction loan the the primary cost is the interest accrued over the term of your build so as more and more progress goes on more and more is borrowed against that loan um it's usually in in chunks that they call draws um and the you also have some some fees associated with um inspections and closings and things like that um so nothing to be scared about but it's it's separate from your end loan um or your mortgage uh, those are are two separate. The construction loan and your mortgage are two separate things. Um, so just keep that in mind. Um, and then along those lines, the builder's risk policy. So the builder will need a builder's risk insurance policy on it, and um, that needs to be carried by whoever owns the parcel. So sometimes the builder will own the parcel. They'll be carrying the construction loan. They'll take on the builder's risk. Um, sometimes the owner owns the, the client owns the property. Um, and if they're carrying the construction loan, they may be asked to take on the builder's risk policy. So your contract should note that, um, but something to look out for, keep in mind. Number seven here, material substitutions and discontinued products. This is, um, can be very frustrating and I'm sorry if you've had to deal with this in the past, but the, um, building industry, because it's such a long process, you can select things, you know, three or four months before they're, they're ordered or even longer, depending on, um, what it is, what material selection you have. And so it's, 
it's possible that what you selected got discontinued or the, the manufacturer can no longer get it. Um, I know right now with appliances, most of them are backed up to 2021. Like you can't get a fridge right now from what I've heard. Um, just because of, um, the COVID situation we're in. So there's, there's a lot of things like this. So the, the builder will stipulate in their, in their contract, we're not going to guarantee any, any specific material we showed you. We most likely they will say we'll offer you a like material or better. Um, but this, this section in the contract is there to stipulate that this could happen. And here's the process for when it happens is we will give you an alternate. Um, number eight is delays. Again, this is just something outside the builder's control that they're going to, they're going to want to cover because building long enough, this stuff comes up and, um, it's frustrating and they don't want clients screaming that they were promised a six month build when, um, you know, so things like for big delays can be union work stoppages, um, weather, you know, builders that build in, in Northern climates with, um, cold winters usually have, um, some plan for the weather, but this is extraordinary weather. You know, we're talking hurricanes, tornadoes, um, polar vortices, um, things like that, um, can really delay more than, than what you, um, what the builder initially scheduled for. Um, number nine here is possession. So the builder really doesn't want you to move stuff in early to the home. Um, they don't want you to try and sneak in there and live there. Um, everybody has to rent an apartment for a little while and everybody's lease is up and they've got nowhere to go for two weeks. And like, I, that story happens a lot and it's a bummer. Um, if you, if your home is the least bit delayed or, um, one thing or another happens, but the builder is going to stipulate in the contract, you can't be there. Um, and, um, your stuff can't be there and typically possession. So a, a key phrase here to look out for is the certificate of occupancy. So that is, that is the final go ahead. The bank needs that they can, um, deem this a legal residence and close on your property. So the certificate of occupancy is the city, county, whatever the municipality is saying, yes, this residence passes code. It meets all our standards. It is good to go, ready to move in. Um, So that's a big big stage in the building process, something to note. Uh, Number 10 here, real estate taxes. So... Some cover it, some don't, and this varies between like production and and offsite building because production can own the land and they would be paying taxes on it anyway. So sometimes builders will just eat that for the for the process. But again, if you're if you are an on your lot build, you brought this lot to the builder, you bought it beforehand or whatever. Um, they're probably going to have a section in the contract stipulating that you should pay the real estate taxes on that parcel during the process of construction. Obviously you're paying it after, but during that process of construction, um, they may say you are required, even if you have to, like, I know sometimes you'll have the builder go out and buy the parcel for you. So they'll technically own it during the process of construction. They'll probably stipulate the real estate taxes. Number 11 is a mediation or arbitration agreement. Um, I personally, I don't feel like anybody wins with a lawsuit. I think everybody's losing. Yeah, there probably are situations where you need to go into one, but I haven't been there. And um, again, the builders I've worked for, I feel like 
try and do things the right way and try and make things right with people first before even getting close to courts, which is good. But builders will like to stipulate some sort of mediation or arbitration to stay out of the lawsuit process. From what I've heard, I don't really understand that end of it too, too well, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, and then lastly, I'll, I'll note this for builders. I have this in my um, design contracts as well. And that's advertising and photography rights. Um, it's just a good thing to set that expectation of like, I would like to take pictures of your home and put them on my website. Um, sure. Clients may balk at that. And if it, if it's a big deal to you, you can take it out of the, you know, if it's a big deal to them, the builder probably would take it out of the contract, I would assume. But I like to throw it in there just to set the expectations so that, um, you know, three years from now when they see a picture of their house on Facebook, nobody, nobody freaks out because we already, already talked about it. So there's, there's plenty more. If any um, builders out there that have other things that have, have really helped them over the years, just help set expectations and keep things clean with a buyer. If any um, buyers out there have seen weird things in contracts, stuff that they, they didn't understand or the builder couldn't explain well, please hit me up. Let me know. Um, to get in contact with the show, it's um, the email is info at buyer.com. You can go to the show page, buyer.com. We're also on Instagram at buyer. Um, I also run a home design firm. So if you want to talk to me about home designs, designing your future plan, anything like that, that's Burnham Design Co. B-I-R-N-A-M Design Co. Um, BurnhamDesign.com. Um, under that on Instagram and Facebook and all that, LinkedIn as well. So enjoy. Please reach out. Um, subscribe if you haven't already. Um, rate and review. Also, I don't say that enough, but you should rate and review. That's um, really, really helps. So for those of you that have done it, thank you. Um, lastly, thanks as always to Andrew Michael Matter for the music and have a great week. 